Amen. been in this preaching series since the first of March anyway. We talked about witness anyway, try anyway, keep your head anyway, succeed anyway. Today I want to talk about ask anyway. Scripture's been read in your hearing. I encourage you to read it again when you get back home. Lord, bless your word. Bless your preacher. Give us ears to hear. Remove every distraction, barrier, obstacle that might keep us from hearing from you. Your words, my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Ask anyway. If you have spent time in the New Testament in general and the gospel narratives in particular, then you are aware that as Jesus did ministry for three and a half years, Jesus grew increasingly famous and popular. From the outset of his ministry being baptized in the Jordan River to the time three and a half years later where he was hung high and stretched wide on a hill called Calvary. Jesus became increasingly popular. As a prolific preacher and terrific teacher, Jesus grew in popularity. As a righteous, radical, and mighty miracle worker, Jesus increasingly grew in popularity. As a holistic healer, an anointed activist, Jesus grew in popularity. As God incarnate and a dynamic deliverer, Jesus increasingly grew in popularity. According to this particular New Testament text, Jesus' fame, popularity, and renown was not limited or restricted to the Jews. But Jesus, even among Gentiles, was famous, popular, and experienced renown. According to this text, Jesus has made his way to the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon. While Jesus is in the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon, Jesus encounters a woman, Canaanite, Syrophoenician woman, 
who is distressed, discombobulated, and desperate. According to this text, this Canaanite woman is desperate, distressed, and discombobulated because her young daughter is severely demonically possessed. We don't know how this young girl is acting out, but the daughter's condition is so disturbing that Jesus is, the woman rather, mother is desperate, distressed, and discombobulated. And as a loving mother, this woman wants nothing more but to see her daughter healed, delivered, and set free. My sanctified imagination, this woman believes that Jesus can do what nobody else has been able to do. The psychologist could not heal this young girl the psychiatrist could not heal this young girl. The pharmacologist could not heal her. Group therapy could not heal her. But this woman holds out hope in a man by the name of Jesus. And I'm preaching this to somebody who needs to hear a word of hope on this Sunday morning, regardless of how Everybody else has failed, other institutions, other organizations, other people, other specialists. There's still hope in Jesus. Jesus still heals. Jesus still reconciles. Jesus still makes cro crooked places straight. Jesus can still do what we think is impossible. I wish I had somebody who could testify on this Sunday morning. I still got hope in Jesus. While this woman holds out hope in Jesus, the text says, if we understand the context of who this woman is and her audacity to ask, it is significant, Deacon McCafferty, that this Canaanite woman has the audacity to approach and ask Jesus for a miracle. For those of us who remember what we learned in Sunday school, the Canaanites and Jews were at odds one with another. Canaanites are long-standing enemies of Jews. Moreover, this is a woman who was seen as second class in the eyes of men. Woman is a Canaanite. She's a Gentile. They are at odds with the Jews. This woman yet has the audacity to ask Jesus for a miracle. Despite things not being in her favor, the woman has the audacity to ask. And on this Lord's Day morning, this Mother's Day celebration, I've come to encourage everybody who is listening and who will hear this message, despite what is not in your favor, I encourage you to ask anyhow. If we're honest with ourselves on this Sunday morning, let's be honest, there's some stuff that ain't in our favor. 
Come on, help me preach this. If you look at how you are perceived in the eyes of the world, everything ain't in our favor. If you black in America, things ain't in your favor. If you are a black man or black woman in America, things ain't in your favor. <clears throat> Yet I encourage you to ask anyhow. Credit is bad, but ask anyhow. Pre-existing conditions, comorbidities, but ask anyhow. Misdemeanors and felonies on your record, yet ask anyhow. Skeletons in your closet, sketchy background, yet ask anyhow. Folk won't write you a letter of recommendation because of who you used to be. Folk won't give you a character reference, yet ask anyhow. Insecurities, low self-esteem, negative self-image, yet ask anyhow. Baby mama, baby daddy drama, yet ask anyhow. Regardless of what is not in your favor, I encourage you to ask anyhow. As we look at this New Testament text, this woman does not have much in her favor, yet this woman has the audacity to ask anyhow. And maybe, watch chapel, we are not where we want to be as a people, as individuals, as families, because we do not have the audacity to ask. God is able. God sits high and looks low. Jesus is willing, but have you and I developed the audacity to ask? Come here, James. You have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask amiss. Who among us on this Lord's Day morning does not have the breakthrough that you desire? Not because God is not able, but because you and I have not asked. Who does not have the job that you want, the breakthrough you want, the man or woman you desire, the promotion you want, the breakthrough you want in life because you and I have not developed the audacity to ask. I'm preaching this to encourage somebody to ask. Maybe you ain't healed yet because you have not asked. Maybe you don't have the promotion because you have not asked. Maybe you don't have the letter of recommendation because you have not asked. Maybe you have not been delivered because you have not asked. Maybe we have not received the help because we have not asked. I dare somebody to ask God. God is able. God is willing. But do we have the audacity to ask? What does this text teach us, Watch Chapel, about asking anyhow? If you're going to ask anyhow, how does her ask lead to breakthrough? Notice this woman, Canaanite, Gentile, desperate, distressed, discombobulated. Yet Jesus comes to town and says, have mercy on me. And if we make our way from verse 21 to verse 28, this woman is celebrated for her incredible faith. She comes chaotic, 
but leaves celebrated because she was willing to ask. First of all, her ask was unashamed. If we are going to ask and our ask lead to breakthrough, our ask has to be unashamed. She's a Gentile, but she asks anyhow. She's a Canaanite who is at odds with Jews. Jesus is a Jew, yet she asks anyhow. Daughter is demonically possessed, yet she asks anyhow. When you and I come to the Lord Jesus Christ, watch chapel, we got to let go of pretense. We got to let go of pomp and circumstance. We got to let go of pretension and status. We got to let go of being in the who's who of North Carolina, being in the who's who of the triangle. We got to be so unashamed that we don't care who's looking, who says what. Who says you crazy? Who says you ain't this, you ain't that? Because we are primarily concerned with breakthrough and deliverance. Sometimes, let me preach this watch chapel, we allow what we think other people are saying about us to get in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. I don't want them talking about me. I don't want them calling me a holy roller. I don't want them looking at me funny. I don't want them thinking this or that about me. Honey, if the situation is desperate enough, if your circumstance is dire enough, if your back is up against the wall, it ought not be any shame. It ought not be any pomp. ought not be any pride. ought not be any stuff in our lives that is keeping us away from what God has for us. Who has allowed them to get in the way of your walk with God? Who has allowed stuff to get in the way of your walk with God? Who has allowed perception to get in the way of our walk with God? God is able. But are we willing to come to God unashamed? Y'all ain't talking to me. We got several generations in this congregation right now. We got the James Cleveland generation. We got the Kirk Franklin generation. Y'all ain't talking to me. And there's a song, y'all ain't talking to me, that my father and mother used to dance to that was remixed by TLC. Y'all ain't talking to me. I said I ain't too proud to beg. Can I preach this in here? The temptation said it then, TLC said it in the 90s. And there has to be a point in our lives where we are so unashamed, we are so humbled, we are so desperate that we ain't too proud to beg, we ain't too proud to ask, we ain't too proud to holler, we ain't too proud to scream. But Lord, I need breakthrough. I ain't ashamed, but I need breakthrough. Her ass is unashamed. 
Don't let them get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Not only is her ask unashamed, her ask is unselfish. Preach P-Dub. Her ask is not for her. Her ask is for her daughter. She's not asking God to do the miraculous for her. She is asking God to deliver, heal, liberate, and set free her baby girl. I've lived long enough, watch out, but to know we will do for ourselves what we sometimes will not do for other people. Can I preach this? Sometimes we will ask God for ourselves what we will not in turn ask God to do for other people. But this woman loves God so much, loves her daughter so much that her ask is unselfish. And watch chapel, there has to be a point in our lives, in our spirituality, in our walk with God, where we are not just concerned about me, my, and I, but we love God so much and love one another so much that we are willing to do for others what we want God to do for ourselves. Do you pray for somebody else? Have you interceded for somebody else? Have you turned your plate down for somebody else? Have you approached God not for your healing, but for somebody else's healing? Have you approached God not for your deliverance, but the deliverance of somebody else? Have you approached God not praying for Watch Chapel, but praying for Upper Room, praying for Ebenezer, praying for Baptist Grove, praying for the church around the corner? Yes, we will pray for self. We will pray for our family. We will pray for me, my, and I. But how many of us pray for others with the same passion, same fervor, same tenacity that we pray for ourselves. Love God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I'm loving my neighbor the way I love myself. There has to be a point where my ask is unselfish. May not benefit me, but I'm going to ask anyhow. It ain't transactional, but I'm going to ask anyhow. It ain't going to increase my bottom line, but I'm going to ask anyhow because God can bless me and my neighbor at the same time. I just said something to bless somebody right there. Some of us have a small Tanaichi image of Almighty God as if God can only bless you at the same time. Honey, God can bless you and your neighbor and your neighbor's neighbor at the same time. God can bless Watch Chapel. God can bless Upper Room. God can bless Ebenezer. God can bless Elevation at the same time. God can bless your family, your neighbor's family, your neighbor's neighbor's family at the same time. God can bless America. God can bless Australia. God can bless Africa. God can bless Europe at the same doggone time. God can bless North Carolina. God can bless South Carolina. God can bless California at the same time. Ain't no God is big enough 
don't just have to pray for you. And maybe God hadn't blessed us because we're just praying for us. Maybe if we prayed broader prayers, maybe if we expanded our prayer lives, maybe if we learned to pray not just for my cousin, my mama, my daddy, but prayed for our neighbors. God would bless them too. God would bless us because we had the audacity to pray an unselfish prayer. Ah. Ask was unashamed. The ask was unselfish. But the ask was undaunted. Undeterred. Notice how Jesus responds to this woman. Jesus, on the surface, is not especially hospitable, gracious, or loving. If you read how Jesus responds to this woman, it appears as though he is flippant, off-putting, and not the Jesus we know. Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David, my daughter is sick. I need you to heal my daughter. Jesus almost doesn't respond. Come on now, I'm in this text. Don't impose what you think on the text. Read the Bible. He doesn't respond initially. Almost, who are you talking to? The disciples try to shoo her away. They know who she is. She's a Canaanite. She's a chocolate woman. Y'all ain't talking to me. The Canaanites look like you and I. It's another sermon for another day, but I got to preach it. She's a woman. Jesus says, I'm here to minister to the lost sheep of Israel. My primary focus is not Gentiles. I'm in Gentile territory, but don't get it twisted. I'm here for the Jews. And the woman has enough sanctified audacity. Not to just take no for an answer. Come on, talk to me in here. But the woman says, well... I hear what you're saying, but even though you give, your ministry is primarily for the children, even children give crumbs to the little dog. I ain't a dog, but I ain't too proud to beg. And I know you ain't calling me a dog because you are speaking not in Aramaic, you are speaking in Greek. And the term dog does not mean a derogatory term, but the term dog means a cute little puppy. And though I am not sitting at the table, if it means my daughter is going to be delivered, healed, and set free, it doesn't matter whether I eat from the table or whether you give me the crumbs under the table, I'm gonna ask you anyhow. 
Sometimes, can I preach this in here? God doesn't always say yes automatically, instantaneously. Maybe Jesus was testing this woman. Come on, sometimes the Lord will test us to see what we're made of, to see our ability to be tenacious, to persevere. And when the woman responds back to Jesus in this give and take, this divine dialogue, the woman says, your faith is great. I've not seen faith like this in all of Israel. And this woman is commended by Jesus for having great faith because her prayer, her ask was undeterred. I'm going to my seat right now. But every now and then the Lord is going to test you. You may not get the answer when you pray the first time. It may take two times. It may take five times. It may take ten times. It may take turning your plate down. It may take your seeking God. But I've been living long enough and have seen God work enough to know that if you keep on asking, if you keep on seeking, if you keep on knocking, somebody said, God will show up. God will heal. God will deliver. God will make ways. God will turn your circumstance around. Do I have a witness on this Sunday morning? Can anybody testify? I called on his name. And 